This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, the book of Leviticus is clear and blunt on the subject of lepers. Listen, this is from our first reading for today. The one who bears the sore of leprosy shall keep his garments rent and his head bare and shall muffle his beard. He shall cry out, unclean, unclean. He shall dwell apart, making his abode outside the camp. Now, to give the ancient Israelites their due, contagious skin diseases, which sometimes resulted in the rotting away of hands and limbs, were certainly dangerous business. Without all the advantages of modern medicine, all they could do was to ostracize people burdened with this disease. But think how awful this made life for the leper. Outside the camp, that means outside community life, outside the circle of affection, love, support, life became difficult almost to the point of impossibility. Simply getting sufficient food and drink was a major difficulty. And social interaction, friendship, even religious life, because a leper would not be involved in uh, the temple or synagogue, all of that was simply out of the question. Marginal, cut off, lifeless, hopeless. That was the condition of a leper in biblical times. Now, I realize this has become the cliched stuff of a thousand sermons, but it's still legitimate, I think, to extrapolate from ancient leprosy to all sorts of modern forms of exclusion and marginalization. There are still a lot of people, everyone listening to me right now knows people like this, who for any number of reasons, religious, sexual, moral, ethnic, etc., are cut off from the community. People who, maybe they don't do it explicitly, but in their own ways, have to shout out, unclean. People around whom there's a kind of um, buffer zone, You know, such people just aren't welcome in polite society. That deep, awful sadness that must have gripped the soul of a leper in the ancient world certainly grips the souls of many, many people today. You know exactly whom I'm talking about. Maybe some listening to me right now fit in that category. Outside, divorced, cut off. Well, with all this in mind, let's turn to the gospel for today and watch Jesus' interaction 
with a man suffering from leprosy. Here's the first thing I think St. Mark wants us to notice is the bold and very surprising behavior of the man himself. Listen. A leper came to Jesus and kneeling down, begged him and said, If you wish, you can make me clean. Now see, what's so strange about this is that, as we saw, lepers were meant to keep their distance. They're meant to shout, unclean, unclean, to keep people away from them. The idea was to keep others at bay that they wouldn't be um, hurt, offended. Imagine, therefore, how acute this man's suffering must have been that he broke through these barriers and came right up to Jesus. How desperate for connection he must have been. There's the first thing. It's an extraordinary move. Would have shocked, scandalized, put off everybody around him. Here he reminds me a bit of blind Bartimaeus, remember, who begs the Lord, Jesus, son of David, have pity on me. And the people tell him to be quiet. He was embarrassing himself and them, but he shouted out all the more. Here's this leper now who overcomes all these social mores, all these forms of of ostracization, and he comes up to Jesus. It seems to me the Lord likes this sort of thing. I think he responds to this sort of energy. Furthermore, how he must have sensed something altogether different in Jesus. You see how, you know, for a leper of that time to come up to anyone this way, that boldly, that unapologetically, I mean, would have been would have been shockingly inappropriate. It would have put off almost anybody. He must have sensed something in Jesus, that Jesus would not respond to him with that um, lack of compassion. What was he sensing? I'll put it this way. He was sensing, now maybe inchoately without able to say it exactly, but he was sensing that Jesus was more than simply another teacher or even another healer. But that Jesus was... God in the flesh, and therefore the source of all compassion. Now, I want to unpack that a little bit for you. Jesus is God in the flesh, therefore the source of all compassion. God is the power and energy that connects all things. I don't mean that in some Star Wars sort of way, but there's something very real about that claim. The creator God, who is here and now giving rise to the whole of the universe, sustaining it as a singer sustains a song. That God is the source, therefore, of connection. Through that God, all things are connected to one another. Do you see why we are all ontological siblings We're brothers and sisters at the deepest level of our being. That's because we're all being created here and now by God. But more to it, every planet, every star, every galaxy, every speck of dust in the cosmos is connected to us and to everything else through God. 
put this in the technical language of my uh, theological hero, St. Thomas Aquinas, this is a participation metaphysics. That means all finite being participates in the very sheer act of to be, which is God. But in a participation metaphysics view of the world, all finite things are woven together in a kind of metaphysical web of interconnection. St. Francis, just a little bit before St. Thomas Aquinas, expressed the same idea more poetically when he spoke of brother sun and sister moon. That's good Christian metaphysics. That's a creation ontology. And it's darn good poetry too, isn't it? But it's, it's stating the same truth. Mark says that Jesus, approached by the leper, is filled with pity. Now, pity maybe is is somewhat of a weak word in English. What it means, though, is compassion, is fellow feeling. Cumpatior, right? To suffer with. That's the root of that word. How come we have fellow feeling with uh, our... our, um, fellow human beings? How come we feel their pain? Well, it's not just a psychological move. It's a metaphysical truth born of our deep connection. Jesus, who is God in the flesh, is the very source, therefore, of this pity and compassion. That's why he says, I do will it. Be made clean. Wonderful. Then, this remarkable detail, listen now as Mark narrates it, Jesus stretched out his hand and touched the leper. Now, we say, well, yeah, of course he did. He's healing the man. Of course he'd touch him. But see, put yourself back to that time and place. To touch a leper, well, it was to make yourself unclean. Lepers said, unclean, unclean, to keep you away so that you wouldn't, even inadvertently, even by accident, touch them. That Jesus consciously, willingly reaches out and touches him would, would go counter to every social expectation of the time. Here it's not unlike the scene, also in Mark, where Jesus touches the daughter of Jairus who had died. Well, see, to touch a corpse made you unclean. He doesn't care about that. He's the source of all compassion. He's the reason why we are connected to each other. And so the touch of Jesus there is such a powerful image. It's a human touch. Yeah, it is that. But much more than that, it's a divine touch. It's a reconnection to the divine source. Now, the physical healing of the leprosy is, you might say, the physical accompaniment to the psychological and spiritual healing that took place through that touch. Notice what Jesus tells the man to do immediately. Listen, go show yourself to the priest and offer for your cleansing what Moses prescribed. For all the years this man had leprosy, he was unable to worship. He was unable to participate in the religious life of the community. Jesus right away plugs him back in. And then how wonderful, listen, 
the man went away and began to publicize the whole matter. (laughs) Well, of course he did. His reconnection gave rise to a desire to connect everybody else. That's how it works. When you found the divine source, you want everyone to know about it. You want everyone to share in it. And that's why, if I can close with this, with a very brief reference to our second reading from Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. Paul says, Brothers and sisters, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you do, do everything for the glory of God. God doesn't need our glory. I've said that to you a thousand times. God doesn't need anything. To give glory to God redounds to our benefit. To give glory to God means that you are linking your life explicitly to God. And see how wonderful that what Paul says. Whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, you see, he's saying the most ordinary things should be referred to God because God's the source of connection. When you eat and drink, you eat and drink in gratitude to God. See, and what do you do thereby? You link yourself willy-nilly. I mean, whether you, whether you want to or not, you are linked by that reference to everybody else. That's really good advice now that Paul gives us. Whatever you do, the most ordinary things, the most exalted things, whatever you do, do it for the glory of God, and you will find the point of contact with everything else in the cosmos. Last uh, suggestion, you all know someone, everyone listen to me right now, you know someone like this leper, disconnected, outside the circle, someone that maybe feels unclean, someone you haven't reached out to for a long time. This week, as you give glory to God in all things, find that point of contact and reach out to that modern day leper. Reach out and touch that person as you give glory to God. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Four years in the making, and it's finally here. Our new Catholicism documentary series, book, and study program are now available to order online at catholicismseries.com. Will you help me introduce this epic film series to your parish, school, family, and friends? Catholicism is an unprecedented adventure around the world and deep into the faith. Learn more at catholicismseries.com or call 1-866-928-1237. That's 1-866-928-1237.